Jeffrey Osborne, Jill Scott, Diane Reeves, Frida Payne, and he has played with the Who's Who in the jazz world, his newest album, as you hear, Eclectic Excursions. He's joined by artists that are as diverse as Alex Hahn, Theo Hill, Brad Jones, and you heard Alita Moses there on vocals. To find out more about Nabate, you can find him on Facebook and hit him up on Twitter. We're going to get into an awesome interview with Nabate. Nabate and I are coming at you right now. Good, good. Everything's well, Nabate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, to, good, to, good to meet you. Good to, good to speak with you. Where are you from, and where, where are you calling in from today? Well, I'm calling, um, well, I'm from New York City, uh, born and raised in New York City, and I live in New York now. Um, so, yeah, so definitely, uh, it's been, been a great journey, uh, being a native New Yorker and, and, uh, born in Manhattan, raised in Queens, and, uh, learned, um, music and, and, and developed a love and passion for music, uh, uh, pretty much at 12, 13 years old. I started playing instruments at eight. I started playing guitar and trumpet, eight? which is the instrument I play now, at eight years old. You said mm-hmm. eight years old? Oh my gosh. At, at eight years that's old. That's discipline. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's discipline. How did you come Ooh. into the music? How, you said at eight years old. Was someone in your family, a neighbor, friend, a relative? How did you get into it? Well, I got into it. Uh, my parents exposed me to a lot of music and culture um, and everything, and, and they uh, enrolled me into the Harlem School of the Arts, is where I played guitar uh, at the Harlem School of the Arts. Um, but I didn't play trumpet there until high school. Um, but I was, um, I was definitely, I was, uh, I, I didn't practice actually when I was eight. It, it was like I, I was part of the school band in my elementary school, and as my elementary school director by the name of Artie Miller, uh, who was a great jazz musician himself, 
uh, pretty much gave me a trumpet because I wanted to play bassoon. No one else was playing bassoon in the band, uh, but there was a trumpet left. So that was the only instrument left. So uh, he gave that to me and I played it. But but as mentioned, I, I wasn't really disciplined for music until I was 12, 13 years old. That's when I really uh, got inspired um, by doing it when John Faddis, the great John Faddis, uh, who was my mentor during my uh, teenage years, um, he had me play in front of my in front of my junior high school uh, when I was uh, twelve. So and and I improvised for the first time, and and it, it it was a great feeling. It was a exhilarating feeling. So it's interesting you mentioned the bassoon, an instrument no one really even hears of anymore. What drew you to that? And I know that you know nobody was playing the bassoon, but what would have drawn you to the to a wind instrument like the bassoon? That thing is big. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, no one was playing it. I wanted to be different. I was always a, so, uh, a kid that that was different, wanted to be different, wanted to do uh, different things, had different viewpoints, uh, and everything. Uh, and and it really and it was and it was really embraced uh, for me to have those different viewpoints uh, when I was older, uh, in, especially LaGuardia Music and Art Performing Arts, where you dealt with artists. Uh, and and everyone from all the five boroughs, real culturally diverse, and 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 Queens is very culturally diverse too, but everyone was trying to be in a group and stuff like that. And I have my moments where I would hang out with kids and and look to 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 be friendly, but there were other times I was very much to myself. Uh, so so with the bassoon, I just wanted to be different. And uh, and 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 play that instrument because no one else was playing it. But I'm glad the trumpet found me though. I was going to ask, in your uh, early years, you said you were ex- uh, exposed to so much different culture and music and whatnot. Who were your early influences as a kid, kid, like 8 to 12? Who were you in oh, my early, My early personal influences, who I, people I knew or 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 just, you know, like uh, artists that... that when you were just... Or, when you're just getting uh, into it, and when you're just learning about this is, you know, what you were doing at eight years old, who are you listening to in the house there? You know, were your, were your, you know, did your parents' taste influence you, or were you listening to other ah, things too? Yes, yes. Um, I was. That's a good question. I was. Well, basically, um, the the people that I knew that were very influential were, um, were of course, my parents um, and 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 Mr. James Bartow, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, he was the guitar teacher, and even though I didn't practice, he still had so much patience with me, and, and I did learn some great melodies and everything uh, under his tutelage. Uh, also, um, Miss Betty Allen, God rest her soul, the great opera singer, she was the head of the Harlem School of the Arts. She was such a, a great influence. Also, Mr. Artie Miller as well um, was a inf- great influence, and he kept saying to me, oh, you got to practice, you have so much potential. He kept telling me that, and then it's so funny, years later, when we, you know, when I would sit in with him on his gigs when I was in high school, he 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 was so happy, and I told him I understood what you were saying. Thank you for believing in me, even though I didn't want to play music. I wanted to be in sports. You know, I wanted to play. I wanted to be a, a baseball player, actually. So so I thank Mr. Miller for for keep pushing me to practice, and uh, it finally happened, of course, later on. But. Um, but in in the house, the music that was playing was uh, Quincy Jones was playing because my dad hosted a radio show um, from uh, from the it was at around eight years from the mid eighties through the mid nineties 
Uh, he hosted a radio show on WBAI called Musical Expression. So he had so many different jazz records. He would interview many jazz musicians. That's how I got to be uh, even see concerts. I got to see concerts of musicians, even though I wasn't interested in playing. I still enjoyed watching music. Um, and and he um, you know had so many records. And my mother had so many soul records. Uh, so much of Motown. I listened to Motown records. Of course, Michael Jackson was big at that time. And his music, I mean, uh, you know, Thriller, and I grew up on Thriller, Bad, um, and Dangerous. That was during my developmental years, those albums. And then, of course, I got hit to Off the Wall um, when I was in high school. I got really hit to that as I started to listen to more older music um, and everything. Uh, so, And then and then the hip-hop and, and the pop music of the time, you know, uh, and everything. I mean, for, for hip-hop, I, I mean, I, Public Enemy got me into hip-hop, you know, their message. And it was very important because in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a, there was a lot of strife going on, a lot of uh, uh, discrimina- discrimination, racial discrimination, uh, police brutality uh, that was very prevalent in New York. I mean, it's prevalent now, but I mean, it, was, it really stood out to me in, in my junior high school, high school years. So Public Enemy, their message uh, to, to counteract what was going on and, and to, to provide like a social commentary on what was happening in this country, that inspired me to enjoy hip-hop. Them and also, uh, also you know, uh, Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One, um, you know, and, and especially listening to Quincy Jones back on the block. That, that record kind of changed me uh, because from that album, uh, it, it was such a mix of rap and jazz, soul, and, and such a, a unique mix of that. And you had those great rappers like like Big Daddy Kane and, and Ice T uh, on those records, and and it was it, it, on that record, excuse me. And it was so influential to me. Um, and and then I saw the connection between jazz and hip hop. So um, so then I started to just listen to yeah you know to those those genres of music and of course soul as well and R and B. So um, yeah so so I know it's a long winded answer but it's kind of like the lineage of 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 influences and how um, how those uh, great artists and and great sounds really cultivate me to be the musician I am today. I have a question. Um, you know that um, Stevie Wonder and the Four Tops started out as jazz musicians with Motown, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, yes, indeed. Of course, uh, you know, Marvin, Marvin Gaye as well played, you know, as well, mm-hmm. uh, uh, improvised and played uh, too. And, yeah, and a lot, yeah, a lot of, lot of those great Motown artists just uh, stepped out. Yeah, and, and the Jazz sang. Soul of Stevie Wonder was his first album, The Jazz Soul. That's what, what, it, what Fingertips came from. If you listen to mm-hmm. part one, you'll hear a lot of jazz in that part one. Then you'll hear oh, the rock yeah. on the part two. Oh, yeah. So I thought it's interesting. But you mentioned mentioned uh, the message music of KRS-One, um, the, the and, early and rap. Public Enemy. That's what rap was. Mm. Public Enemy. Oh, Public Enemy was amazing in that they got history and commentary and the the issues of today of that day that of the very very timely today, even if you listen to it in music. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering now. Today, we have people like the Kendrick Lamar and others that are sort of, you know, even Solange Knowles are getting into that commentary of rap, even though they have their own style. What do you think that, uh, you know, because you mentioned, you mentioned jazz and rap, uh, do you think that will come back around to have positive 
messages in okay. the fusion of jazz and rap? Or you think oh. that we're coming full circle now? I think um I don't I don't know. I, I think it's um I think it is. Yeah, I think it is coming full circle with message, you know, because there, there, there are messages going on now in, in, in hip hop. And it, it is coming full circle with Kendrick Lamar, you know, um, what he's saying. And of course, you have, uh, of course, Nas is, you know, of course, he's been, he's not right. the same generation as Kendrick Lamar. Nas has been around for over 20 years, you know, so, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. but I think there is, um, there is uh, it, it does come back full circle and 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 there are, and there are people that that preach the message you know even in every generation of hip hop you know and that's the thing i mean you have most deaf and you have Talib Kweli who are, who are reuniting to create the black star album again so you know they're going to have messages um and then there's a uh, uh, Joe, Joey Badass, the young MC who has who speaks, you know, some truth and speaks a lot of messages and and what he's conveying and saying. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's it, every generation, it's, uh, you know, every there there are artists out there that are really, you know, speaking uh, their mind and, and and talking great things. And also, of course, Common is another one who's born in the Nas mm-hmm. generation. Yeah. You know, um, of course, there's a Chance the Rapper. He's had some. Very interesting, and of course, to Childish Gambino as well. You know, with his latest uh, mm-hmm. video, which 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 went viral and had a lot of messages. So, yeah, I think I think there are artists like that, like that, but that but those those types of songs need to be emphasized. Of course, you know, of course, I think there's a difference where mainstream hip hop in the late '80s, those songs were were mainstream. They were they were out there then. You know, there was a division in the 90s where it became, like, underground and mainstream, and and it was more of a divide, more of a separation. So, um, but, yeah, it's just all about, it's all about the people recognizing, you know, who who's out there, who's preaching those messages, and, and it's about the people spreading their word as much as the artists, because you know how... how um, the recording industry, they, they have certain artists that they want to push and they want to put marketing towards. Uh, so it's all about the fans being able to, to market for those artists as well as the artists, of course, marketing themselves. Awesome. Now, your first professional gig, when did that come about? How did that come about? And with who were you with yeah. when you first started out professionally? Yeah, my first professional gig, yes, that was interesting. That was, um, uh, it was a great gig. It was at Cadman Church in Brooklyn, and this was around 1991, March of 1991. I was uh, 13 and a half years old, and it was with, I'm telling you, with, like, great musicians. It was with uh, the great Tyrone Jepsen trombone player, and the musicians that were on that gig was Larry Banks on drums, Belden Bullock on bass, Regina Carter, as you all know, Regina Carter is like one of the one of the great mm-hmm. uh, instrumentalists of our of our era for sure, and one of the great um, most mm-hmm. influential violinists, jazz violinists around. Um, it's at, 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 oh, I'm trying to think who else. I, that's oh, oh, Carla Cook as well, the great vocalist. Carla Cook was on that gig too. Mm-hmm. So you had like heavyweight musicians that I was just sitting in, sitting in, playing um, songs from the Mo Better Blues soundtrack. I'll never forget that. It was uh, again never, and and of course uh, Mo Better Blues, the song. So 
I um I remember in Bill Lee's music, he was an influence too, Bill Lee, because he composed uh, all the Spike Lee pictures. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting right. into film because of Spike Lee. And Bill Lee was interviewed by my dad. And so I got to meet Bill Lee, and he gave me the lead sheets to those tunes. So it was great to play those, and it, it was wonderful from that standpoint. Your newest album is called Eclectic Excursions. It was released, I believe, on the 20th of, of uh, July. Tell us about that and the making of it with Sam Barsh. Yes, uh, it was it was interesting overall. Um, I I it was a like overall like the creation of um, the project was was just just a beautiful process. Uh, Sam Barsh is one of my best friends. Uh, he's my soul brother, and we've worked together for ooh, around thirteen years. Um, so he he moved out to L.A. around six, seven years ago, so he was out of New York. Um, so he moved out. To, I mean, he's from Chicago, lived in New York, and then moved out to Los Angeles. So we um, kept in touch, and and I, I decided, I was like, wow. And I saw his success, what was going on with his success with his produ- his production, um, producing uh, uh, and, and writing songwriting for Aloe Black, and Kendrick Lamar and Anderson Park and Macy Gray and Joey Badass, Aesop, Rocky, all those uh, great artists. And, and he's now, you know, he's featured on the Wiz Khalifa, the new Wiz Khalifa album, too, uh, a song that he wrote. So so he, I knew he had that hip-hop sensibility, but is a tremendous improviser, a tremendous pianist. Like, like he can play you know, with any jazz musician if he wanted to. But he decided to, to spread, you know, spread his talents and not just improvise, but also uh, songwrite and, and do production. So so I knew he was the perfect person to to um, to, um, to uh, be on this album and to, to, and to also, um, uh, you know, to, to, to produce the album and bring a, a hip-hop sensibility as well as, of course, jazz, because he has the credibility in jazz, too. Awesome. Now, the album features a lot of great musicians, and I want you to talk a little bit about some of the people who are either debuting and some of the uh, the, uh, the veterans that are playing on this album. I'm sure my audience is going to know several of them at least. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going to name everyone that's on the record because I, I have to. I have to give them awesome. all the credit. And love that they deserve. Um, and and will Sam Barsh play keys on it? Of course, he was the producer of the entire album. Um, and vocalists, I had the great uh, two great young vocalists that are tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, voices, you know, and very unique by the name of Alita Moses. She sang on "Find Your Light." She was featured on mm-hmm. that song, um, and and that was my first single. And just uh, and it was the song that I wrote the lyrics and music for. And she just uh, she sang it how I envisioned it. That's for sure. Uh, so Alita Moses was on uh, on on the project, and Michael Mayo, a male, a great male singer, uh, twenty five himself. Alita's like twenty four. He's twenty five. So they're both in their mid twenties. Michael Mayo is a tremendous improviser great uh, versatile vocalist and I had him sing on two pieces which is my new pieces of Votek which um, which was basically uh, based on the opening scene of the opera Votek where I, I took musical elements and created an arrangement like an 80s funk go-go vibe you know to that 
um, yeah. and then okay. and then Michael. So Michael improvised on that. He scattered on that, and then he uh, was featured on Strange Fruit, which is a piece that needed to be performed, needed to be played because it's indicative of what's going on in this country, and it's still happening. And that song was written in 1939, and the lyrics are still relevant to this day, and and will always be relevant. Uh, which I'm, it's unfortunate to have to say that, but it will always be relevant, you know, for sure. Um, so he sang that, and I don't think there was a male singer that ever sang that piece, Strange Fruit, as well. Like, I remember I was talking to a musician, and he said to me, yeah, I don't think a male singer's ever sung that tune, so that makes it unique on this record to have someone like Michael, uh, sing it so well. Um, and so those are the two singers, um, I featured Elzai, the great MC out of Detroit, uh, play, who uh, who uh, was part of Slum Village, and he came out with some great projects uh, like the Preface, um, Elmatic, which was which was his tribute to Nas's Elmatic. Also, uh, his latest project is Jericho Jackson, which is um, with him and Crisis, one of the great producers. And Crisis is uh, part of Night Wonders Camp, uh, the Jamla Camp. So. Elzai and Crisis did an album together, and uh, their group's called Jericho Jackson, and they, you know, one of the best hip hop albums of 2018. But Elzai needed to have him on 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 this album because he's one of the great lyricists I've ever heard. Um, he's 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 clever, he's witty, and just is a true MC. And I needed, I wanted to have that type of dynamic on. Uh, the second single, Laid Back. So Elzai was on that. And then there's also Jordan. Jordan, uh, singer from Canada, a uh, very lush voice. He sang the hook for Laid Back. So he was featured on the album as well. So those are all the vocalists on the album. Uh, for drums, I had Nate Smith, the great Nate Smith, who has a great group called wow. King Folk. Um, and as, uh-huh. as well as John, as well as Jonathan Blake, where I had, uh, I had three pieces of them playing at the same time. So I had two drums. It was laid back, my new pieces of Votek, a grabber by the what, which um, which is another tune that's pretty much you know uh, it, it supports the Me Too movement, and of course it uses the phrase that was used by our um, our current president before he was elected, Donald Trump. Um, so those those two great drummers played together. Um, on those three tunes, and then Jonathan played on on the rest of the album, and they played on Find Your Light um, by themselves, you know, on on the other tracks. Um, but but yeah, Nate has that great group King Folk, and then Jonathan Blake is one of the great drummers around. He's played with everybody from Kenny Barron to Tom Harrell to Adula Ibrahim. I mean, just the list goes on and on. And Jonathan Blake and I. Uh, we're best friends. Pretty, we still are best friends. Like we've known each other 25 years, and fine, and I knew I had wow. to have one project. Um, and we met at jazz camp through uh, through the great Chris White. God rest rest his soul. Um, he created the jazz camp, um, and and uh, Jonathan and I met there along with Jaleel Shaw, who's featured on the track. He's a great alto saxophonist. He's featured on a track, Exchange of Pleasantries. So Jaleel, Jonathan, and myself actually played together on that tune, and it just brings back memories when we were playing together at 15 years old uh, at jazz camp and everything and, and, and through our high school years because Jonathan and Jaleel are from Philadelphia and I'm from New York, so we would always see each other through, through the summertime, you know, and everything like that. Um, so so Jonathan's on it, and then the basis, and of course, just mentioned Jaleel and, and Nate Smith, um, and the basis on the album Kaveh Rastigar, a tremendous bassist who has an album coming out this month 
himself, um, and he's part of the great band Kneebody, and he currently um, tours with John Legend as well. Uh, Kaveh and I went to the Eastman School of Music together. Uh, so we we wow. um, are alumnus uh, of the Eastman School of Music, and I had two others uh, from the Eastman School of Music that are alumnus that I will talk about as well that were on the album. Um, but Kaveh uh, had to have him on it to play on a, a couple of tracks. Also, I featured uh, the great Brad Jones, who was my teacher at the Harlem School of the Arts, and um, one of my mentors growing up through my high school years. And and I've worked with him to this day. I've played in his bands. He's been in my bands. And it's such an honor that um, that I work with him and it's someone I looked up to when I was in high school. Uh, so Brad Jones, I had to make sure he was on the record. He plays on five tracks. Ben Williams, one of the top bassists in the world, uh, mm-hmm. in his, only in his early 30s, had Ben Williams, a good friend of mine that I've known for a few years. And um, it was funny, like, uh, Ben, everyone I, I, I booked for the record, they all were doing the record that they knew they were doing the record like months ahead, you know. Um, so so that, that was the great thing about it, too. I was able to get everyone I wanted. And then Ben was like a last-minute um, – because uh, something happened where where uh, where I you know there were a couple there's a bass I couldn't use for a couple of the tunes he couldn't get into town so I ended up with uh, Ben I just called Ben and and Ben's so busy and I, I was shocked that he was around he said I'm good for those and he came right through so that's a, a, you know reflective of of our of our friendship and our musicianship uh, respect for our, each other's musicianship which is so great. Uh, so Ben is on three tracks, and then Christian McBride, uh, who I worked with and was part of uh, two Grammy Award-winning projects of Christian, the latest one uh, called Bringing It, which won this year's uh, F-Large Jazz Ensemble album. Uh, Christian, I had wow. to have him on the track, and he came on to play on Functified, which was for him, featured him pretty much. So, um, so yeah, so those are the basis I had on the album. Uh, keyboardist, I mentioned Sam Barsh, of course, and then another keyboardist by the name of Adam Klippel, versatile keyboardist. He played organ on a couple of tracks. He plays organ, Fender Rhodes, uh, uh, piano, just such a versatile uh, musician from Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, the other horn and the horn players, which are Little Shaw, as I mentioned, um, playing on Exchange of Presentries, uh, Lauren Sevion, who's a tremendous baritone saxophonist, and she looks like a model too, but is an exemplary musician. That's the, that's another thing. Like, and and she's aw- awesome individual. Like, she's a sister to me. We've known each other for almost twenty years, and I had to have her play on a track called Cubicle. Um, and then uh, Frank Lacey, the great Kumba Frank Lacey, who played with Art Blakey in the late '80s, Roy Hargrove, D'Angelo, uh, the Minkus Big Band. He's a legend in 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 our music, and it's so great to have him on um, the record. And he played on Functified as well. Um, such a strong presence, and 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 such a great great individual, and and one of the unique most unique people I've ever met in my life for sure. Um, and then Stacy Dillard also on the record. Stacy Dillard played on four tracks. Great tenor saxophonist and soprano saxophonist. Uh, one of the most complete musicians that I uh, that I know. And he's someone, and we're the same age too. We're exactly the same age, just uh, <laughs> two weeks apart, basically. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and everything. And and Stacy, I had to have him on the record. And and also um, also my mentor, my musical father, Jimmy Owens. Um, 
had to have him on the record. Wow. He's the only other trumpet uh-huh. player on the album, not in a big band setting. Like, it was a small group setting where he played on Pomponio, um, the great Bobby Hutchison tune. And uh, Jimmy Owens, uh, I had to have him be a part of the record. And as I mentioned, he's my musical dad, and I've known him for for 20 around 26, 27 years, for sure. Um, so I had to have Jimmy on it. Um, and then, wow, I'm trying, I want to make sure I forget, oh, Elena Penderhues, look out for this, for her name. She already has made waves in playing with Common, uh, playing with Christian Scott, uh, playing with Kenny Barron. She's from the Bay Area. She's only 23 years old herself, and she's going to be a major star, and I had her um, play on, on three tracks, especially one piece, uh, by the call, by name Mellow DEM, which was, um, which is dedicated to my, uh, fiance. So, uh, had Elena on that and, and, and everything, and with her flute sound, very sultry flute sound that she has. Um, and then, uh, oh wow, I'm trying to, oh, then strings. I had strings on the record, uh, on Find Your Light. I had a, a great violinist uh, uh, by the name of uh, Frederica Cryer, as well as Amy Bateman, two great improvisers. I didn't have them improvise, unfortunately. They were playing parts, but they're tremendous musicians. Mm-hmm. And then the other two Eastman graduates that, um, that along with Cave are um, Eric Stevenson, cellist, and Beth Myers on viola. They both were... Um, uh, friends of mine that I knew at the Eastman School of Music, so Kave, uh, Eric, and Beth, and myself all went there at the same time, and they were all involved in the record um, as well. And uh, that's basically... Oh, and, and Tella Barcy played on Laid Back as well. She's a great violinist, Juilliard-trained violinist, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, that should be it of, of everyone. Oh, my God, I can't believe I for, almost forgot David Gilmore on guitar. I can't believe you know, he, He's like one of my, one of my good friends. Uh, David Gilmore is just a tremendous tremendous uh, one of the most versatile musicians ever um and and i really you know appreciate like and also too one of the nicest people ever like one of the most serene individuals you'll ever meet um but but yeah he he's just he contributed so much to the album and he played you know just played so many great elements um you know to the album and added so many great elements to the album. There's also Alacoy Pete, um, my good friend from Los Angeles. I met him while in LA around 1998 or so. We we kept in touch ever since uh, and worked together musically on a couple of projects. I had to have him on the record because he's someone that, that always inspired me, not just as a percussionist. He plays percussion on the record. We we do a duo together called Inception, Alacoy and I. Um, but not just as a percussionist, but as an MC. He's a talented MC that goes by the name Mike Holden. Uh, so I had to have Alacoy on the record as well. Uh, he's he's, a, he's family to me, for sure. So yeah, that's basically all all the great musicians that were involved in the project. And uh, yeah, so I I, def, I, didn't, I definitely didn't forget anybody. That's for sure. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I just wanted to end by telling everybody and just reiterating, even though this is your um, debut album. You toured with Philip Bailey and Kenny Latham, Moore Fantasia, Jeffrey Osborne, and Jill Scott. And my last question for you is what do you see for yourself going forward? Mm, well, I see for myself going forward uh, being able to to travel and tour this music um, and, and be able to uh, to cultivate my voice and be able to have people 
witness the cultivation of my voice. You know, um, that's that's going wow. to be important. That's important to me um, to be able to tell the story and, and share. You know, uh, share all my experiences through my music. So I'm looking to tour this project. Uh, I have performances coming up on on the 19th of August. Um, I'm performing the Jazz Standard for a brunch gig to perform works from the album. Also, I'm going to be playing at the Festival of New Trumpet Music with my ensemble um, as well on the 10th of September. So yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great for sure. Beautiful. Thanks so much for being with us. I wanted you to leave us with where your sports show can be heard, as well as where we can find you on the Internet. Oh, yes, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. So, um, yeah, definitely NSIUniversal.Universal, excuse me, NSI.Universal is my Instagram. Uh, my Twitter is Nabate Isles, N-A-B-A-T-E-I-S-L-E-S-S-M-T-A. And my um, Facebook is Nabate Isles Trumpet. That's my Facebook fan page. And I will have a website that will um, debut in mid-August, um, which will be nabateisles.com. It's under construction now, but it will debut in mid-August where you can uh, purchase CDs, uh, be able to download tracks as well from the album, Eclectic Excursions, um, and also uh, know what my tour schedule uh, which I'm planning to do some touring in the fall with uh, the album uh, and everything. So it should, should be great. And remember, for everyone out there, Collective Excursions is now available on all digital platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, Tidal, everything. Deezer, if you're in Europe, you know, everything. <laughs> so. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us, Nabate. I really appreciate it. And um, wow. I just love this album. I especially, I, I, I've heard of Finding Your Light, I'm kind of addicted now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> beautiful. Oh, that means a lot. Beautiful. That really means a lot to hear that. Thank you so much, uh, Sabrina. It's such, such a pleasure to be on, on your show as well. And, and I thank you for, for, for having me and, and having me talk about my work. Thank you so much. <laughs>